1: Hello, hello,
0: hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. I am super excited about this show. I'm gonna be joined by Facebook ads expert, Rick Mulready, and we're going to explore creative and inexpensive ways to use Facebook ads. We're going to talk about the use cases and some really crazy ways that you probably have not yet considered. I've also got an interesting tool that I want to share with you right now. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what
1: Michael Stelzner discovered.
0: Well, today's podcast is about Facebook advertising, so I thought I would share a Facebook advertising tool with you. Have you ever created an image that you wanted to use in a Facebook ad only to have it approved, and then a few minutes later, unapproved because it has too much text inside the image. Well, Facebook has what they call the 20% text rule. And what that means is you cannot have any more than 20% of the image be text. That includes logos, uh, that includes slogans, any kind of calls to action. If it's more than 1 20th, or I'm sorry, 1 5th of the total image, then you're not going to be approved by Facebook. And one of the big challenges is how do you know if it's one-fifth? Well, Facebook has a really cool tool, and basically it's called the Grid Tool. You can Google Facebook Grid Tool, or you can visit facebook.com ads tools slash text underscore overlay. Now, don't worry if you miss that. It'll be in the show notes. The way it works is you simply upload an image to Facebook, And then what it does is it shows the image in a grid system and you click on all the grids that have text in it and Facebook will calculate whether or not you have more or less than 20%. It's a very simple tool and it works like a charm. And um, I know that I struggled trying to figure out whether I did or did not have 20%. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the very same tool that Facebook uses to determine whether you have 20%. Uh, text in your ads. So if you want to make sure that your ads get approved by Facebook because of text, then I strongly recommend you check out the Facebook grid tool, which is a tool directly from Facebook. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Okay, with that, let's transition over to today's interview. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I'm very excited to be joined today by Rick Mulready. If you don't know who Rick is, he's the host of the Inside Social Media Podcast, a show that I strongly recommend and listen to. And it's a show where he interviews a lot of successful social media marketers, including a lot of the social media rock stars you may be familiar with, and a lot of people working at brands. Rick also teaches awesome courses on Facebook ads. Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on today. I'm really honored to be here. Well, thanks. Today, Rick and I are going to explore creative ways that you can use Facebook ads to market your business. Now, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, Facebook ads? Are you kidding me? Why would I want to use Facebook ads? (laughs) So let's start, Rick, by exploring kind of some of the creative use cases, because I think when people begin to understand what they can do with very little amount of money, that might be like, Oh, okay, maybe I should do it. So share with me kind of some of the different ways that people can use Facebook ads.
1: Well, you, you, I just want to talk about real quick, what you just brought up there, Mike, you said that you can be really successful, not spending a lot of money on Facebook ads. I think that's one of the big myths that's out there is that you have to spend a lot of money in order to be successful with Facebook ads. And you really don't, you know, Um, You can be really successful spending five or ten dollars a day on your on your campaigns and and see a lot of success there. So um, you know, depending on what type of business you are, you can see a lot of lot of success. um, You know, guiding people into a free giveaway, um, which then allows you to follow up with an you know an an email autoresponder series. So you're sending them a series of emails after you give them whatever that freebie is, and you want to make sure that that freebie is a really, uh, you know, something that's really valuable to them that solves a problem for them. And then in that email autoresponder series, that allows you to build that relationship with them so that they can get to know, like, and trust you, if you will. And that's when you start to sell you know, whatever product or service that you want to, to try to sell to them. It's, it's kind of difficult to sell outright unless you're selling a very, very low price product. I'm talking like under $10 um, you know, with your Facebook ads. You know, other different ways, if you are, you know, a, a, a quote unquote regular type of business where you have maybe an offer, you have a special or a discount that you want to, uh, you know, talk to people about and, and offer to people, you can geographically target people in your area and let them know about this discount. So maybe they have to, I don't know, print something out and bring it into into your business so that um, they can get that discount or Um, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, a special offer just this weekend that you want to, that you want to advertise and let them know about. There's a lot of different ways. I, I personally use Facebook ads to promote webinars because I like to give that free content on the webinars. And then I introduce, as you mentioned before, Mike, the, the, the courses that I teach about Facebook ads. So there's a lot of different ways that people can use uh, Facebook ads these days. Well, it's it's uh, a
0: couple just to, just to elaborate on a couple points that you just said. Uh, Gallup recently came out with a poll that said that sixty two percent or sixty three percent of um, people on social media do not like to be sold to, and this mm-hmm. was a survey of about sixteen thousand people in the United States that they surveyed by telephone, and um, flip that around and it means thirty eight. Percent well, it wasn't that they don't like to be sold to it's that they're that they're influenced to buy by social media, so the vast majority mm-hmm. of people that are on Facebook, just to interpret this a little bit are not necessarily on there with the intent to purchase something they're on there exactly. with the intent to you know see what's going on with their friends and colleagues and family yep. and and all that fun stuff so we as advertisers have to be cognizant of the fact that we are interrupting their newsfeed, right? When we're trying to sell something to them and they may not receive that very well. Now, having said that, that's why I like one of the ideas you came up with, which is, you know, email list growth said another way, right? Mm -hmm. Which is uh, you can use this to grow your email list by giving a free offer. And what you do with that email list could be something as simple as get them on your regular newsletter, put them into an Mm autoresponder series, you can use this to get people to go to a webinar. You can use this, as you said, to target special um, specials to local, regionalized people. But you can also mm-hmm. do a lot of really cool things to people that have already been to your website. And let's, yeah. let's elaborate on that a little more. I mean, remarketing or retargeting is the phraseology. Um, talk about what that is a little bit and how Facebook is effective with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So they came out with website custom audiences this year here in 2014, and basically that's another form of retargeting or remarketing. And essentially, what that means is when someone comes to your website, or if you're working for a client, if they come to your, if somebody comes to that your client's website, you place a pixel on the website, whether it's yours or your client's, and you can start to track those people. So it, Facebook builds an audience out of those people who are coming to your website or your client's website who are also Facebook users. And then you can start to uh, build an audience out of those people and then serve ads to them on Facebook. So this is really, you know, why is this such a great thing? Well, people are already familiar with either your brand because they're coming to your website, or if you're working with a client, you know, they're coming to their website. And so then if you serve them an ad on Facebook, they're more likely, you know, it's a warmer lead, if you will. Like you just brought up a really good point, Mike, as far as why people are on Facebook, they're not there to be sold to. It's very different than say, you know, Google AdWords where you're actually putting something in. you're actually actively looking for uh, a, a result, you know. So people are not on Facebook to do that. So when you can use this retargeting or remarketing when people are familiar with your brand already because they've come to your website, it gets really, really powerful with your Facebook ads because of they're not, you know, that cold lead, if you will. They've been warmed up a little bit and they're they're more familiar with you. So they're more likely to take the action that you want them to take and that you're that you're talking about in your ad. And we're gonna dig deep into this um, custom audiences thing in just a minute.
0: But you know, one of the one of the ways that people have dabbled with Facebook advertising in the past is basically to grow likes of their community, you know, or grow their Mm -hmm. their fan base. Um, I'm personally not a big fan of that anymore, and I'm guessing you're not either, right, Rick? Because you know, and I'm just going to go ahead and get up on my soapbox for a minute here, but fa- <laughs> Facebook, you can spend all the money in the world to grow your Facebook community. And then Facebook is going to charge you to re-deliver that content back out to that community. Yep. And so many brands have, have unfortunately invested a lot into growing humongous communities. And ultimately, um, Facebook says you got to pay to get to them again. And um, I do not recommend under any circumstance that you ever use a Facebook ad to grow um, your follower count on Facebook. I'm
1: curious, what are your thoughts on that, Rick? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm glad you bring that up because I get that question all the time, as you might imagine. So I look at this sort of two ways. I, I look at this as the if you are growing targeted likes, you know, we've heard the whole Facebook fraud thing where, where you know, we're going down this rabbit hole of, Untargeted likes are people just clicking on your on on your to like your to like your fan page, and they're just completely irrelevant to your business. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about if you have targeted likes in your campaign, and maybe you've spent some money to do that. Those people tend to convert more highly with your Facebook ads, and it tends to be cheaper. Now, with that said. I am a big believer of running your normal Facebook ad campaigns for the purpose of what we were talking about before, like building your email list or, you know, if I'm an author giving away, you know, a free chapter or something like that and building that relationship with those people. And while you're doing that, sort of a secondary benefit that you're going to get, Mike, is those is those likes. People are going to like your page when they see your ad, even though that's not your primary purpose of your of your ad campaign. So I, that's how I approach it personally. I would, I would rather see people, you know, run your ad, and with the not the sole intention of getting likes, but yet as a secondary uh, sort of benefit of your ads, people, will, you know, people will become fans of your page. Still, you know, still continue to put content out there and and build the relationship with those people as best you can. But yeah, I I do agree with you. I I would focus on running your your Facebook ad campaigns for. Not the sole purpose of getting more likes on your page, but rather look to get those likes and fans as a secondary benefit from your Facebook ads. Yeah, I mean, and said another way, you know, what is your business objective? Um, You know, for Social Media Examiner, our objective is
0: to drive traffic to our website to ultimately uh, sign up for our newsletter or to purchase whatever we have to sell. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that we want to be doing with it. Now, I'm sure some of the people listening right now are wondering about boosts you know, whenever you're on your Facebook page, you can pay that hundreds of dollars to boost your, um, uh, your, your content. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not down on that. I've used that successfully, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on boosting posts. Is it, is it more costly? Is it not as wise as doing something differently?
1: Yeah. It's, it's really not as you can get so much more targeted and so much more smart with your spend. When you turn your, if you have a post in your, on your Facebook page and you want to you know, get that seen by more people, turn it into a page post ad. And yes, you do have to go into uh, the ads creator or power editor to do that. But uh, what that does is allows you to have more control over the budget that you spend. And also it allows you to get deeper in your targeting rather than if you just boost the post, they give you sort of preset levels of the budget that you have to spend. And then also the targeting is very limited. So I actually don't recommend that you do uh, a boost post. I get, I get that question a lot in my, my advice there because people are so gung-ho on doing it. I'm like, all right, go ahead and try it. Lose 5 or $10 and, and really not see a whole lot of benefit from that. And then go over to the turn, that, turn the status update into a page post ad. And, and then really you know really take your Facebook ads to the next level because you can get so granular with your targeting and also much more control over your budget.
0: Well, and if you have a really decent size following, it's a lot more than 5 or 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably like exactly. 500 bucks for us to do it. Um right. now you talked about targeting a little bit, so let's elaborate. Yeah. What are some of the you know, we're, we're going to get back to remarketing and spend a lot of time on remarketing because I think mm-hmm. this is some of the most creative stuff that you can do, but for sure. You know, talk to me about some of the targeting. Help those that are listening that have not yet fiddled with, with this, like, what are some of the kinds of crazy things that you can do with Facebook targeting?
1: Yeah. Well, the most basic thing is when it's sort of the stereotypical Facebook ads targeting, when people think of targeting on Facebook, they think of interest targeting, which is basically saying, okay, I'm going to find, you know, similar Facebook fan pages to my business. So people who are uh, similar, maybe they're competitors, maybe they are, um, I don't know publications within my industry, and then target those Facebook fan pages. That's that's interest target, and that's sort of basic level stuff. Uh, and that's been around for for a long time now. But you know, the really exciting stuff is you know doing like the website custom audiences that we just talked about. Then we can do custom audiences, which allows us to upload our email list, for example. So if we have an email list, let's just say of a thousand people, we can upload that email list into Facebook and facebook will look to match of those 1000 people how many of those people are facebook users so you might get a get a get a matching audience so i don't know let's just say 4 to 400 to 500 people and so that becomes an audience that you can target your ads to you can take it a step further and create what they call lookalike audiences where you have your custom audience or you have your website custom audience and because those people are facebook users P- facebook knows a lot about those people you know, it's taking all the information on their Facebook page and profile. And it, so it has a bunch of data, and not, not, not by name. People get kind of freaked out by that. They don't know you by name, but they know you by the, all the data on your page. And so what Facebook can do is say, okay, I have 500 people on this custom audience from your email list. We can go find you additional people out on Facebook with relevant and similar attributes as those people and build a whole brand new audience for you. This well, is lookalike audience. Yeah, and it's awesome. And, you know,
0: it's funny because literally just today I was experimenting with um, what you just talked about with the email list. Mm-hmm. So we have um, 3,000 people that attended our last social media success summit. And um, we were able to upload that list to Facebook. And um, I think 1,400 of them or whatever, it was able to yep. determine our. Um, Those same email addresses were tied to their Facebook account, and Mm -hmm. we were able to put together a special campaign just for those people. Now that blew my mind that we can
1: do that. You know what I mean? It's it's great. Yeah, it's so cool. And talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah, you're even taking it a step further, Mike, where you're saying, okay, we have an overall email list, but we really want to run that campaign with a segment of our email list. So you have a segment of buyers. That you know, then you can get really like that's when it gets really fun because these are people who have spent money with you. Now, I want to you know, reserve ads to those people. In addition to, I'm sure you're going to be emailing those people, and you know, that could that that allows you to get in front of them in additional spot on Facebook, and then you can even take it a step further. And like, like we talked about before with the lookalike audiences, so I let's say you have your 1400 people of paid buyers, this is your audience now. Now you can turn that into a, well, not turn that into, but you can use that audience to create a new lookalike audience. So people who are, have similar attributes of your buyers, Facebook will create a brand new audience for you to try targeting those people as well.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what what, what we did. I mean, um, this recording is prior to the launch, the official launch of social media success summit. And we Mm -hmm. always offer our uh, prior customers the best sale price to get in on our new stuff. So um, we have a sale ending in four days from the, the point of this recording just for those people. So I put an mm-hmm. ad together that said something along the lines of thanks for attending last year. Um, just like last year, you know we've got some benefits for this year and, and and they're only good till Friday, so don't miss out. you know what I mean? Yep. And, and it's a very customized ad and literally, I kid you not, I spent $2 and I got my first sale within 30 minutes. The return on investment was quite big, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it is you really don't have to spend a lot of money in order to see uh, a big result.
0: And what's really interesting is we've got a much larger list of 14,000 people that have mm-hmm. purchased any of our summits in the past. Yeah. So we're going to probably experiment with running them as a separate list and doing some sort of, uh, you know, on list, on this
1: list, not on the other list. You can do that kind of stuff, right? Oh, for sure, for sure, and and I, I want to touch on real quick something that you said, Mike, before. As far as you spoke directly to that audience with your ad copy, and so you know the image is going to be relevant to them, the ad copy is going to be relevant to them, and that is what's going to allow you know that higher conversion rate because you're speaking directly to them, and that's really the beauty of being able to upload these custom and create these custom audiences of people who are very specific to uh, not only your business but also if you have these buyers. Uh, that's really, that's one of the, the, one of the, one of the great things about, uh, about these custom audiences that you can do.
0: Now, one of the things that I'm sure someone who's listening right now is probably thinking, why in the world would I pay Facebook to get to the email list that I've already got in my possession and ownership?
1: Mm, Talk to me about that. Why is that important? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it kind of goes back to the, the sort of the concept of serving those remarketing ads or the website custom audiences and the beauty of those is because people are are uh, they're uh, familiar with you because they've, they've visited your website well people on your email list are familiar with you also hopefully you've been developing a relationship with them and so you know they're more likely to convert on your facebook ad so so th- again that brings up the question of well if someone's on my email list and i'm already emailing them why do i want to you know pay some additional money to serve ads to them well Maybe they're not opening up the, your email, you know, so maybe your, your open rate isn't as high as maybe that, uh, that you would like showing ads to them on Facebook gives you another opportunity, another touch point to get in front of them, you know? And again, it's a very relevant ad because they are on your email list. They opted into your email list. So it's another touch point. It's another opportunity to get to get in front of your ideal target customer with that. Yeah. And you know what? sometimes we need reminders. You know what I mean? Um, yeah,
0: for sure. It's, you know, our, a lot of people might open an email and click on an email and not buy because maybe the sale ends in five days or whatever, and they'll think they'll get back to it and Mm -hmm. they forget about it. So the idea is to be in front of them in many different mediums is just another way to kind of influence their buying decision. And, um, that's the way I look at it. And I thought, well, it's worth an experiment. You know, I, I probably put in way more of a budget than I needed to, and we can get into dollars and budgets in a little bit, but it's definitely worth, it was worth an experiment for me to prove that, that it may or may not work. And, and actually what I'm toying with now is the idea of taking my entire list of 255,000 people on my email list and Mm -hmm. possibly getting them into Facebook. One of the things that I'm concerned about is privacy. um, But it's my understanding that Facebook never, ever, contacts, those people on that email list, they just use it for the purpose of the ad. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Cause the yep. last thing I want to do is give my, my, my gold away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So let's talk about, re- lo- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say what a lot of people are doing in their sort of their privacy policy or their terms and conditions on their websites are sort of putting a term in there. And granted, you know, how many, how often do people actually go into those things? But, you know, from a privacy perspective, these types of things are mentioned in many websites in, in their privacy policy pages or terms and conditions pages. So, you know, when you're uploading a, a list, your email list, and you're creating a, a custom audience out of your email list, Facebook does make you, you know, check a box, make sure that you've read through um, that you have, you know, you have let your audience know that they potentially could receive an, receive an ad from you on while they're on Facebook as well. So, you know, I don't, I don't see any issues with you, um, you know, upload. I would actually, I would do that right away to get that audience in there because then you can start to create those lookalike audiences. Like we talked about and do some really cool things. So, well, you bring up um, a good
0: thing about privacy policy. Um, do you have any easy reference? And if you don't, maybe we can get it in the show notes of what someone should add to their privacy policy. Like, is there a standard paragraph or something like that? that Uh, That's a good question.
1: Off the top of my head, I don't know. No, Facebook doesn't necessarily, that I know of, they don't, they don't provide something that you can put in your own, own, own privacy policy. Something to the effect of, you know, as a, you know, as a subscriber to my email list or if you are visiting the website, that you, there's, an, there's an opportunity to be, you know,
0: targeted you may, you may see, to, Yeah, you may
1: see uh, ads through other networks. Yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And, um, that, and that goes beyond just Facebook too. I mean, cause oh if, yeah, if people too, are running right? and this is outside of the, yeah, it's outside of the scope. But if you are retargeting maybe across the internet, maybe Google's ad network or something like that, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper in this retargeting remarketing thing. Um, yeah. you know, the email newsletter is obviously, um, Uh, I mean, really cool. I mean, the idea of any list really with email addresses is a very Mm -hmm. interesting idea. It's cause it's like an instant audience that you can start marketing to on social networks. But, um, let's talk a little bit about in the past. And when I say the past this time last year, um, maybe a little in the last nine months, let's just say in order for me to be able to target, to to retarget on Facebook, I had to use what was known as FBX, which I think is their third-party network. And I had to use tools like, yeah, Facebook exchange. And I had to use tools like perfectaudience.com, which is what (laughs) I used to use for social media marketing world. Um, When did Facebook decide to go ahead and allow people to just go direct? And what's the difference between using a third-party tool and using, you know, Facebook itself to do uh, remarketing?
1: Yeah, I it, I don't remember that. I, I want to say it was January or February of this year in 2014, and you know that the gap of what you could do on on an ad roll or perfect audience with the retargeting has really really dropped because Facebook has come out with these more robust tools for targeting. So, you know, if you're looking to just kind of get started with Facebook ads, I don't think there's any any need to. Um, necessarily go with a, a third-party platform like that. If you're going to be doing additional retargeting outside of Facebook, then yeah, absolutely. They're, they're great platforms. But Facebook has just sort of really, like you said, Mike, brought that in-house and made it so easy and so accessible for you to you know, pixel your website, um, set up the rules, if you will, for the pages that you want to start tracking. What I mean by that is you really only have to place the pixel once on your website, and it goes before the, and I'm not a techie person, Mike, I think you know that. It goes before the closing head tag of your site's theme. And if you have no idea, for, for your listeners who have no idea what that, you know, what that means, and I personally would do the same thing, is grab the code, email it to your web person, and have, let them know where it goes, and they'll take care of it for you in two seconds. So once you place that pixel, then you start to set up the audiences from there. So you only have to place the pixel once, and then you can say, okay, I want, to, I want to start tracking people who come to, I don't know, my page. I, I want to start tracking people who come to any page on my website. I want to start tracking people who come to my podcast page. I want to start pe- tracking people who come to, you know, a specific blog post or my sales page. And then, you know, the, the real beauty of it and the real sort of fun tactics with that is that if I have a sales page, for example, I can create an audience out of people who are coming to my sales page but who don't make it to the thank you or the conversion page, so they didn't actually purchase. So then you can show your ads to those people on Facebook as well. Um, you can get really specific with this stuff. It's it's you know it, this is where it gets really really fun with the uh, with the targeting.
0: Yeah, and there's a really cool. I, I, I recently found a plugin, um, and I'm I, while you were talking, I was trying to find what it was called, but it's something mm-hmm. like header and footer. Code or something like that, and I can't seem to locate it. Um, oh, for your
1: WordPress for yeah.
0: WordPress, and it's a very simple plugin. And once you install it, um, you just basically go under your uh, your plugins and uh, under, under your settings, and and then you just click on it, and then you just paste the code literally right into um, into into WordPress, and then you hit the submit button. It's that simple. Now once yep. that once that code is actually uh, in um, WordPress. You clear your cache if you have any cache on your um, your WordPress site, like we use a caching software, and then boom, that code now is in the header of every single page across your entire website. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is, after you do that, you can type in uh, into Facebook at in the ad thing, you can just go ahead and say any page that has this URL in it. For example, socialmediaexaminer.com slash sms summit you know, Mm -hmm. is, is, is the subdomain for all of our social media success summit pages. And, um, and it will only, um, track the people that visit just that portion of your website. And if I decide later to target people that visit certain articles, I can do that too. So, so talk to me about like, once you've, you know, you can set up a bazillion different audiences. Let's talk about some different use cases of, of
1: how audience, how have you used audiences? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say here is that if you're, if, for all of the listeners out there who, if, if you're considering doing this with website custom audiences, take, make priority and do this because this this is not like a retroactive thing. So what I mean by that is when you set your pixel up, the audience starts building going forward. It doesn't, you know, take like, okay, I've had my website for, you know, five years now and it doesn't go back. It doesn't go back and catch all those visitors. So it starts building from the time that you place that pixel and set your audience up moving forward. So Get that pixel place. Even if you're not going to use it right now, get the pixel place. Get the audience set up so they can start building your building the audience. Now, personally, for you asked Mike how I use it. I use it for people coming to um, you know my homepage. People coming to any page on my website. I have it people for people coming to a specific blog post. I have it going to off the top of my head uh, my podcast page. I have it going to uh, or I, ha- I say going to. I'm building audience out of. People going to um, a webinar registration page, but then also getting to that thank you for registering page because then I can I can serve an I can serve an ad to those people who get to the registration page but don't actually you know register for the webinar. So you can get really creative with that. I can serve ads to those people. I also do I, I build an audience out of people coming to my sales page for one of my courses. Uh, likewise, who actually don't who visit the visit the sales page but don't actually make it to you know, the thank you or the convert, the conversion page, I can serve ads to those, to to them as well.
0: Yeah. And we should probably elaborate a little bit if you didn't already say so. Oh, and by the way, I found it's actually called header and footer scripts is what the name of that plugin is. And that would allow anybody who's not technical to just add that plugin, paste in the little Facebook pixel script and boom, you're done. Uh, and it's by somebody called blog synthesis. Um, now, now back to what we were saying, It's important to create an audience, not just for um, your sales page, but for your sales completion page, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, for example, what we did for social media marketing world is we had the, you know, after they purchased, we sent them to a specific page. We put a Um, you know, created a list of people that just visited that page. And then we created a list of people that visited all the other pages. And it was kind of a logical argument, right? Like Mm -hmm. target all the people that have visited these pages, but not the one that visited this page. And that's the key thing that people need to do. Combine those two things together, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And what what I really recommend doing, Mike, is just, you know, just sort of just start brainstorming, just make a list of all the pages that you potentially want to start building an audience out of you know people the traffic coming to these specific pages and then you can start to set your audiences up from there one other thing i want to note mike is that it defaults to 30 days so your audience is going to be for the past 30 days from when so when you let's just say we we set the pixel today so it defaults to 30 days so the audience is going to build for the next 30 days it's always the most recent 30 days that but you can also do like 60 days you can do you know 90 days 180 days 120 days so you can set all these audiences up and basically track <clears throat> excuse me or build audiences out of you know whatever sort of segment or whatever time based segment that you want to look at so if i want to track the people just very simple very very simply here people who are coming to my homepage for the past 30 days also for the past 60 also for the past 90 i'm going to create three different audiences and for each one of those, um, you know, each one of those number of days. Wow. That kind of trips people up sometimes. Well, and I recently was fiddling with this. And I think, at least with the
0: Facebook ads manager or whatever it's called, I think the most you could do is like 120 days or
1: something like that. Yeah, it's um, actually 180. And I I, I use it uh, in uh, Power Editor.
0: Yeah. And maybe Power Editor allows you to go a little further um, than... Th- and let's talk about that. I mean... Um I've heard a lot of people talk about Power Editor but the good news yeah. is I didn't need Power Editor to do the things that I'm talking about. So yep. talk to, talk to me a little bit about the pros and cons of using the Facebook <laughs> which you can find under the drop down menu right it's just uh create and manage yeah. ads versus they using the Power Editor. Easy.
1: What's what's they the pros and cons? Easy. Well, I'm smiling because I actually don't teach uh, the the normal Facebook ads creator at all. I I specifically teach Power Editor. And the reason I do that is because it's a lot easier. You know, once you get over the initial, holy cow, what am I looking at here? You know, first of all, for those of you who don't know what Power Editor is, this is one of Facebook's tools. It's just a browser-based tool. And right now you have to be using Chrome in order, to be, in order to be using it. Uh, I don't know why they specifically have to use Chrome, but hopefully they'll change that pretty soon. But, you know, it's, it's very easy to, uh, to save yourself a lot of time using uh, Power Editor. And in the past, you've had more functionality in Power Editor than you did in Ads Creator. And that sort of that gap has really sort of closed down. They've added a lot more functionality into the standard Ads Creator. Now uh with that said the reason that I do like Power Editor so much is that whole time factor. I can create ads very quickly, I can duplicate ads very quickly, I can edit ads very quickly. Um and and, let's, and I'm talking quickly meaning I can add a group of let's just say 5 to 10 ads within a matter of, you know, seconds whereas if I'm doing that in Ads Creator it's going to take me a lot longer because I'm doing them individually. Gotcha. So there's a lot more benefits to the uh to the Power Editor. And
0: I will tell you that um you cannot Use exclusion list. You can't take your audiences in in the Facebook yep. editor and say, um, like for example, we've got multiple audiences, and I can't say this audience exclude this audience. I have to mm-hmm. use the Power Editor in order to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, because yep.
0: it kind of was like frustrating to me. I'm like, Ur. but the stuff you do in the Power Editor does ultimately show up in Facebook, so you can manage it there yes. once you set it up, yep. right?
1: Yeah, you. the, Basically, you want to make sure that the two systems are talking to each other. So what I what I mean two systems meaning Facebook's Ads Manager. And then power editor. And there's a, when you go into power editor, there's two buttons at the top of it. Uh, One is a download to power editor. So you'll bring all the information that's in ads manager into your power editor. And then when you make changes in power editor where you're creating campaigns, you just upload it to ads manager. And it's almost like once it finishes uploading, you can literally immediately go to ads manager and see the, uh, and, and just refresh it and you'll see all the changes. Let's talk about dollars and cents a little bit here. I'm sure
0: some of the people listening right now are like, okay, well, how, how does Facebook determine what to charge me? Like, for example, does it cost me more money if I get more targeted? Um, and what I mean by that is let's say I set up an ad and I want to reach, um, you know, uh, let's say I upload a list of 3000 people and 1400 of them are on the list. And I want to narrow it down to just those in the United States and those that are male. Right. Does Facebook start charging me more for these kind of narrow
1: kind of targeting or yeah. they do? Yeah, okay. a little bit, a little bit because you're getting more specific. You're getting more granular and more targeted with that audience that you're trying to set up. So, you know, the more layers that you add in there, um, you know, it does get a little bit more expensive because you are getting more uh, more granular. But that's how Facebook does charge you based on, um, you know, what your what your target audience is that you have set up. And they have uh, three different options. And I don't know how, Mike, how much you really want to go into this, but they have, you know, CPC or cost per click. So you can pay just, just when people click on your ad, uh, which CPM, which is sort of cost per thousand. And in my business and, and what I teach, I actually do not teach CPM because it's more of a branding play. It's more so if you are um, just trying to reach as many, as many people as you possibly can and you really don't care about them clicking on your ad you know, that's when, That's a good time to, uh, to try using CPM. I'm not a big fan of it. I've, I've tested it before and just had not had very good luck. Hmm. Then the third option is optimize CPM. And essentially what that is, is every campaign that you set up, and you mentioned this before, Mike, as far as, you know, you have to have a goal. You know, what is your goal of the campaign? Well, that's the first step when you're setting up your campaign is you have to set an objective. So my uh, objective might be website conversions, which basically means, okay, if I want someone to opt into my email list, for example, that's going to be a conversion. And so I set that as my objective up. And basically by doing that, you're telling Facebook, okay, Facebook, I'm gonna, my objective is website conversions and this is going to be my target audience. I want you to show my ad to as many people within my target audience who are most likely to do that objective or to you know, convert on my website. And so you can select optimize CPM and I generally start off, I teach people when they're just starting off with, uh, with these things is that t- there's a default bid. So you do optimize CPM, default bids, and you're basically saying, okay, Facebook, I've set my daily budget at $10 today. Go get me as many conversions within my target audience as you possibly can within my $10 budget. Well, let's talk about briefly
0: conversions because um, how does Facebook calculate conversions? Is there some special code you have to put on your site to do that?
1: Yeah, there's a, what they call a website conversion pixel, conversion tracking pixel. And so you know, so we're, we've, we, we've talked about the website custom audience pixel already. Now we're talking about a different pixel. Now this is a conversion tracking pixel. And this pixel, again, gets placed between our before the closing head tag on the page this time. So on the individual page, which is the what you want on the conversion page. So that's where it gets tr- to-
0: that's where it gets tricky, right? Because if you don't know how yeah. to serve it up on that one
1: page, that could be an issue, right? Exactly. It it can be. You know, if you were using something like, I don't know, lead pages, for example, they have a super simple box that just says, you know, code, tracking code, boom, and you're done. Uh they make it very easy. But yes, it can if you're not really sure what you're doing and you're not using a tool like that. It can get a little bit more, you know, a little bit more challenging, but you really do need, if you're going to be, if you're going to be looking to get conversions, you have to have this pixel place so you can track, you know, the effectiveness of your campaign. And again, some people get kind of mixed up on this. It goes on the thank you page or the conversion page after somebody opts in the page that you send them to, that's where the pixel goes because that is the conversion. That's what marks, you know, okay, somebody opted in to my list. So getting back to the cost, um, How in the world
0: should those of us that are experimenting have any clue what to spend? Does Facebook give us guidance? Yeah. Talk to me a little no. about that.
1: Yeah, I get this question all the time: Is how much should I be spending on my ads? And and you know, you saw very quickly, Mike, in your campaign where you spent two dollars and, and got you know a, a very nice return. Now, granted, that's not sort of you know that doesn't happen all the time, but it just goes to show you that you do not need to spend a lot of money. In order to see results, and in one of my courses for you know beginners, I teach you know how to how to create ads that are very very effective on less than ten dollars a day. Hmm. And so you know the simple answer to this question is how much can you afford? You know what is your budget? Um, you know what are you able to put out there? If you're only able to able to put out five or ten dollars a day, go for it. Try it out. You you will you will know fairly quickly whether you're going to see success at a low budget. And then the idea is to start off small spending a few dollars a day. And then once you start to see success, and once you start to see some return on your ads, then you start to scale and and grow from there. Um, Now, uh, getting more advanced, the more that you do ads, then you can start to figure out, okay, what is my cost per customer? So what is it costing me to acquire a new customer? And then you'll have a very specific answer to how much can I be spending on my ads every single day?
0: Well, we have covered a lot of ground. We've talked about how you can upload email lists to Facebook to create custom audiences of people that may already be your customers uh, or subscribers. We've talked about how to use remarketing pixels to... Um, target people that visit your website and maybe don't buy to try to get them to come back, and we've talked about look-alike lists. We've talked about just a bazillion different things that you can do with <laughs> Facebook, and it really is revolutionary. I mean, these are things you just cannot do, you know, um, with other platforms that are out there. Yeah. Yes, you can do remarketing for sure with Google, but a lot of these things that we talked about, Google does not do. For example, you cannot upload an email list to Google. You just can't. I looked into it. I don't find it anywhere. Yeah. So these are just really sophisticated things. And if you start thinking outside the box and connecting dots together and say, I wonder if I do this in combination of this and try this out here, it, it, it could be kind of intriguing. And I think it's definitely worth an experiment. And if anything, we've learned, you know, you can spend less than a hundred bucks probably even less than 20 bucks and and see whether it's working and if it does just mm-hmm. start scaling, right? Yep, exactly. So, um Rick, I know we've just scratched the surface of this and I know that a lot yeah. of people listening might want to check out you a little bit more. Where yeah. can they learn more about Rick Mulready and some of the cool things you have to offer?
1: Yeah, it's my just my website rickmulready.com and the best way to to stay in touch and and to, you know, get regular communication from me and learn about the courses that I offer is um just jump on the email list there. So rickmulready.com and uh, hop on the email list right there on the homepage.
0: And it's M-U-L and then the word ready. And also I recommend people check out your podcast Inside Social Media Podcast. Rick, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a lot of your insight with us. Mike, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Well, I hope the wheels are spinning in your brain right now and you're thinking to yourself, wow, there's a lot of really creative things I can do with Facebook advertising. I know that I personally have been dabbling and experimenting and will continue to do some uh, so for some time. Now, we mentioned a lot of different things in today's show. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We take the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 102. That's where you can go to find all the show notes and all the links. And also, while you're there, be sure to never miss another episode of our podcast and subscribe on whatever player you're using. So for example, if you're listening to this on Stitcher or you're listening to this on any other platform, please hit the subscribe button. And that way you never miss another episode. Also be sure to do me a favor. And uh, if you love the show, visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. This will let your Twitter followers know that you recommend the show. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates.